0: this is current k2t
1: yo this is toby colossus
0: hey this is damien and you are listening to the think breaks podcast welcome back to season two episode two and um i'm alone today Yeah. Um, But I have a guest in the room. Um, It's a man who I'm sure many of you have heard of. He's had releases on Focus, Liquicity Shogun, many, many more. Too many to list, actually. It's Mr. Los Contreras. Hi, everyone. Hello. (laughs) How's it going? Are you well?
1: Yeah, I'm good. Cheers. I'm good. Thanks for asking. How are you guys? How are you doing?
0: Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you. I'm all right. I think it's going to be weird being alone, but we manage um <laughs> but yeah it's good to have you on it's good to have you on um yeah we've got lots to talk about and um of course our patrons have also got in with some questions for you as well so um it's time to get quizzed oh really um <laughs> go on then yeah yeah they've, they've they've come with a few bits for you but um yeah i mean i think the first thing we could get on with is where did it all start for you what um brought i you mean from the base
1: uh, well I've got this theory on, on drum and bass right uh, and people who like it a theory? no one can actually choose to like drum and bass It's it, straight away when you hear that music it makes someone make a decision they either love it straight away or they're never going to like it really mm. um, and the first track I ever heard was the theme track to Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels in 1999 so I was about oh, wow. 9 or 10 years I was about nine, ten years old um, and my brother who had brothers who are six and seven years older than me um, and they were into dance music and we had decks as well they had deck like terrible decks but decks yeah. um and locked the walk with it walk this land by easy rollers um that's the tune and I think they had that on CD single and I used to be obs- absolutely obsessed I recorded it on tape and mm. used to listen to it on my Walkman. didn't know that I was drum and bass and then DJing st- I used to DJ a lot of trance and garage and even house. And I was a bedroom house DJ from the age of like 14 to 16, maybe 15. And then I heard an advert many years later for drum and bass arena. Um, and it was, so I went to Virgin Megastore or something that doesn't exist anymore. Virgin Megastores is a right throwback to the mid two thousands. Um, and this bought, went and bought this drum and bass arena CD. Cause just from the advert, those like aim and breaks and I was like, that's the music that I like. That's what I like. I just don't know what it is. Drum and bass arena. Right. That's what I've been looking for.
0: <laughs> I know that feeling.
1: Um, yeah. uh, so I bought that CD. I still carried on DJing house and and every now and then I'd pick up a drum and bass record. And I was also maybe a little bit baffled why I couldn't beat match it sometimes to house records. I just had my records. <laughs> I, to me, when you're like an early teenager, when I was like 14, 15, because I had some drum and bass records accidentally. Yeah. I just didn't understand why. I couldn't match certain tunes together. I was like, "It's just impossible." I don't know why I can't do it. Um,
0: <laughs> I think it's because drum and bass is a lot more syncopated than uh, house and trance, for example, isn't it? Because you've got your steady four on the floor on every beat, whereas with yeah. drum and bass you've got kicks on the off beat and so on. Which, it's just the BPMs are
1: just way out. It's the BPMs are just so far out as well. You're trying to go match match something that's one twenty 120 or one twenty five to something that's one seven four. It's just never going to happen. Yeah, uh, that's not going to work. It didn't have the internet and I didn't have like, by this point, my brothers were at university. So I was kind of like an only child in a house in the middle, in the middle of North Yorkshire who yeah. just would randomly get records from the local shop every now and then, uh, yeah. and, and mixed them. So I was just doing my own thing. And then after getting the drum and bass arena CD, um, I went on and there was like a website to breakbeat.co.uk, like the drum and bass arena. So I used to go on that oh, yeah. website there was a link in, because I used to get the CDs and like read the sleeves and everything. Um, And then that's how I started to discover more artists. And I discovered high contrast on that website pendulum uh, before the first album had come out, but they had like previews to those tunes, logistics, London electricity. So then I started picking up more records that were like that. Um, Right. I still buying house records. By the time I started university, had a bit of both. Um, And I was both a house DJ and a, a drum and DJ kind of, but then this was absolute fate. I had a housemate. So I, I moved into a house, uh, a, well a flat and it was a mixture of people from different universities. Oh yeah. Um, with the, all different ages. It was one of those. Um, mm. and there was just one other guy out of the six of us and he was a liquid drum and bass DJ. And oh, okay. I, the, the first day I moved in, he wasn't there, but his decks were in the kitchen. He'd set them up for a party the night before. Uh, and I went through his records. I was like, "Oh my god, Caliber, Hypnotize, Oh, Electricity, Strangest <laughs> Thing." Like, oh. I was like, "I love these tunes." And then that was it. Like, I was just that we just skipped uni all the time, or I only had two, uni two days a week, and we just DJed drum and bass right. all the time.
0: Is this a liquid producer yeah. that we all know or just a just a guy that no, just DJ's? He's
1: an absolute waste man. Uh, so <laughs> it's like <laughs> he's, he's one of those people who just went missing from everyone's life and then oh, came back yeah. two years later. You're like, where have you been? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I noticed at the start you were saying how drum and bass is pretty much one of those things where you either either love it or you end up hating it. But yeah. do you not think that now that the genre's become so diverse because you've got all these different styles like neuro and you've got your liquid you've got your jungle you've even got dance floor people doing halftime etc etc do you think that's not as true anymore kind of um
1: i i do think there's an element of people liking drum and bass without realizing um Hmm. yeah i I think maybe case in point i kind of was that i have the cd for dj markey um an xrs with stamina lk carolina carabella i thought that was like a garage tune Because that just sounded like the garage tunes of the time. It didn't sound like anything that was drum and bassy. It had summer vibes. It sounded like Yo Summer of Love to me. It was like, yeah, yeah, just a really cool tune. Uh, And I think that you do have that element of a lot of people liking drum and bass without realising. I mean, there's a night in Leeds called High Rise. uh, Well, Mm. when we had nights, really big night. And they do big nights in Bristol. And you'll see a load of faces in the drum and bass room. Love, absolutely loving it. And I never see those faces at the other drum and bass nights. And I was, and you could even get a taxi back with some of them and go, yeah, yeah, yeah that was a really good night. What sort of music do you like? And, and I'll go, do you like drum and bass? No. Nah. Which jokes, room were you yeah. in at High Rise tonight? The Big Warehouse one. That was drum and bass all night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it is so true because, uh, I mean, I remember when I was young as well, um, I used to play quite a lot of video games and... Uh, I used to have FIFA Street 2 and they used to have a station that was only drum and bass and used to have stuff like uh, No Time to Love by DJ Marky and Bungle. Yeah. There were a few Fabio Was going deaf on one of those. Yeah, exactly. Right. And yeah. I remember playing the game and I'm being like, yeah, I like this fast music. What is this? It's, it's great. And it was only until about 2011, 2012-ish that I was like, oh, it's called drum and bass and so on. And... Yeah. But even then, 2011, I was 16, I think, 16 or 17. I can't maths. It was, yeah. uh, I was 16 or 17, but I was playing those games at the age of 11 and 12. So it's five years of liking that music, not knowing what it is.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people don't get that Eureka moment.
0: Mm, yeah, exactly.
1: It they just, ra- they it like is. it without realising it.
0: Yeah, it's like um, when um, people find out that the, um, the theme tune to Powerpuff Girls is D&B. <laughs> i don't know the theme tune firstly <laughs> oh really no, there's a proper no, break no. in that and all you should check it out <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will
1: do i mean uh, yeah i mean what's the, like a perfect example is like uh bon Funk mcs Freestyler. that is drum and bass that is like a jungle yeah, tune yeah of course like that was exactly. number one on that was number two in the uk for like three weeks um exactly and then azedo debate no not Azido the bass um addicted to bass Totally addicted to bass Oh, of course! Wow, that again. That was number two in the UK for like two or three weeks.
0: That's pure bass tune. But people just realize Just think of those tunes as like pop tunes because they were popular. Really, it's
1: even got the old school DJs ink wobbles like wah, 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 wobble Oh man, this sounds like it's on Bingo Beats from two thousand four. Exactly.
0: And see, so I think everyone gets sort of. um I was about to say injected. That's like the wrong word. But everyone sort of comes across drum bass at one point And I feel I still feel like there would probably be, even if it's not like all stuff, there'll still be that one tune where there'll be like a nice break and so on. And they'll still enjoy it. No matter how. Yeah, I guess. I guess you mean. Different is. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, obviously you've got these people nowadays. Well, I say nowadays, but when um, DJ Fresh sort of really started popping off, you had those tunes like hot right now and so on. And people would be like, oh, yeah, I love Holt right now. But <laughs> yeah. then you are, you tell them, like, hey, have you heard this tune by High Contrast? And they're like, High Contrast? What's that? That's a setting on my TV. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <but> yeah. <laughs> and exactly what you mean. Um, yeah. But they say the same thing, though. I've got this theory on on people loving drum and bass as well it's the same thing that makes drum and bass events so much more special than house and stuff so when i was at uni i still dj'd house and the first time i ever played a club i was 19 and like it was house it was a really like well-known bar in leeds that was like for funky and tech house um Mm. and i had a few sets there um or like all vinyl sets and stuff i'm showing my age here i was 19 (laughs) it's like (laughs) cdjs were too expensive and never touched them oh yeah um Uh, but the difference of someone at a drum and bass night compared is when you go to drum and bass night, everyone is there specifically for that music. Like no one is there by accident. No one's yeah. paid twelve quid entry fee by accident because of another reason. Because they went to that club before and it, it was good the time before. It, but at a tech house night or a techno night house night, a lot of people go because it's cool. A lot of people go for the fashion. A lot of people yeah. go because all their mates are going. A lot of people don't really like it, but they they like it because their friendship group likes it. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of a lot of chatter sort of thing. You can almost hear it audibly over the the mute, uh, over the sound system. Even True. that people are talking. Whereas a drum and bass night everyone is there to hear new drum and bass music, wherever they're going to see Lensman or Noisy or whatever. And they don't necessarily want to hear the tunes they know. They want to hear the tunes they don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, Which is really cool.
0: Most of the noise you get from the crowd is more, not just chatter, but actually like people, you know. Shouting fuck off. (laughs) uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) throwing shoes everywhere. But like this new VIP that's just dropped or something. Um, But yeah, so do you still have DJ house or is that fully gone now? Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. look you
1: behind me. Jail, if you, yeah. can, you can see behind me there. You can see my turntables. Oh, yeah, uh, so the, that's the classic IKEA Calyx range. Two of those oh, squares yes. are, dr- two are squares of drum and bass. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is samples and the rest is house.
0: Nice, nice,
1: nice. Um, so, yeah, I do play house. Uh, until COVID... I played at a place called Sky Lounge in Leeds. So anyone listening, just Google Sky Lounge in Leeds. It's like a really posh really posh cocktail bar. And Ooh. I'd play a six hour set every Friday and every Saturday. Not nice. um, For the that last
0: for?
1: I've been doing it for nine years.
0: Six hour sets for nine years.
1: Yeah, yeah. So nine. that's uh like, go on my turntables and play on Serato, like basically like what DJ Markey does. And I just yeah, freestyle yeah. for freestyle for six hours. Sometimes the BPM doesn't go below 120. Sometimes I'll do house style and garage all night. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it doesn't go above 110. I'll play like early eighties, disco, R and B, old school nice. hip hop. um, Just whatever I'm feeling. It's such a long time to play
0: that just, just go through all the tunes. Yeah. Be fancy playing. And you can really go yeah. deep and really just show off what your taste is all about basically.
1: Yeah. And, and like the aim of the game, because when I first started doing it, I was like, what am I going to play? I got asked, buy it like as someone i used to work with in a restaurant when i was a waiter he was my supervisor and he became the bar manager of this new bar and nice. when it opened nine years ago and he said i need a dj for new years mm. uh can you dj and i was like, at the time he said you drum and bass sets for 50 quid and i was like yeah 50 quid an hour so he, so he asked me to do five hours i was like oh my god 250 pounds i can't believe this and i just played all sorts of it a bit of everything yeah um, i didn't enjoy it and then they asked me to be regular so i was like i'll just do motown and soul sets just i don't have to beat match i can just play nice tunes
0: because Um, there people would just want to hear some tunes they don't really care about the mixing as such i guess
1: yeah but then i think exactly yeah it was all about creating an atmosphere Mm. but then i just started to experiment more and more every every few weeks i go Or I'll try like this. I'd maybe discovered a new genre of music I didn't know, like early 80s grooves or rare grooves or early 80s disco or something or some 90s R&B tunes I'd forgotten about. And I'd like throw a section in, like a new 45 minute section.
0: Oh, nice. And
1: see what the response was like. And people were like really digging it. I was like, okay, I'm going to have to build on that. So I've got all these different playlists for different things. Like I could do a full night of the early 90s R&B, I could do a full night of 80s disco, I could do a full night of Rare Groove, I could do a full night of Motown. Mm-hmm. And I could just then now mix and, mix and match and beat match the full night, uh, go in oh, between yes. it all. Um, so it definitely improves you as a DJ, but it, it makes it more more interesting. And like I always see the main aim is making people go, to visibly nod along and enjoy the music. Like yeah. It's almost like a nostalgic sort of, oh, I remember this tune, but not enough that they want to go mental. Yeah, I get what you I mean. Just like do you know what just
0: I mean? Like a happy sort of, oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Return yeah. of the Mac, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the classics <laughs> yeah. that would get yeah. any sort of like family party going. Yeah, exactly, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so until COVID, I was doing that every Friday, Saturday. Or I had four people working for me who, who would do bar sets or weddings like that.
0: Nice.
1: Um, and I assume that's so-
0: obviously once, hopefully, this arises soon. But you'll be back on it with the six hour set, hopefully yeah, yeah well. I did
1: one one secret set there in July and that was when Leeds United mm-hmm. won the league and I did the secret party. Oh, they, yes. they had their party in the Sky Lounge so I did the party for the players nice which is pretty cool so, so I got uh, some shout outs from the players
0: <laughs> hey. walking home with that nice and proud yeah um, so I have to ask obviously because you've, you've been doing six hour sets but the radio show which you host is that's two hours I believe that's that right, right yeah yeah two hours. two hours do you do you prefer doing like one hour two hour sets or is six hour sets like where it's at for you because <laughs> <laughs> i know both I, I, very different
1: but. yeah I've, I've, people have often joked uh about me that if if we could do if loz would if we didn't want to have other djs on loz would do a six hour extravaganza that's like something people yeah. have joked about before Los would just play all night if you if you left him on the decks which is true i probably would I shocks yeah. definitely would, but I do like longer sets. Drum and bass, two-hour sets, brilliant. Um, Maka and me have done mm-hmm. a few at Liquicity, Um and you do get more more freedom and more time. An hour is can be can feel really limiting, especially in a drum and bass set. Um, so it's drum and bass. My optimum time is probably two hours. I'd love to play for 90 minutes to two hours. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, six hours, mate, it's a long time to stand at anything. Like, yeah, exactly. Just, just you get a bad back after four. <laughs> true, that's actually true. Yeah, of course. Yeah, got, got to put a long tune on and go for a walk.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just put a techno tune that's eight minutes long and then just head off.
1: Quickly. <laughs> I, I put Sugar Hill Gang, Sugar Hill Gang, the fourteen-minute version oh, yes, of, of uh, Rapper's Delight. Of course, yeah, that's my that's
0: my go-to. <laughs> or even, um, oh, what's that other one? <laughs> when the going is smooth and good by William on on Yeber. Do that as well. <laughs> yeah. That's twelve minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um. So I, I, obviously you brought him up, but recently you've been doing a lot of music with Maka. I mean, you had the yeah. album on Focus in 2017, I believe. Better Days? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Better World, yeah. Yeah, 2017. Better World that is. sorry, my bad. Going back. Um, how did the link up with Maka start?
1: So we met at a night... It, any of the like old people who look like older heads in here used to listen to Liquidity in 2012 ish time where mm. I might remember a guy called Hoster. Um, he used to be on, like, yeah, Mr. Suicide Sheep and those sorts of channels. So he was, um, a, I had a mutual friend with Hoster
0: mm.
1: in my hometown, but I never met him. Um, and then because of tunes and like linking up online, Hoster got me a set in Newcastle. He was at uni in Newcastle and there was a big night there called audio asylum. Um, and that set turned into a monthly residency, which is wicked. And Hosta on the side was talking to Maka mm-hmm. and doing collabs and stuff with him. And he invited Maka up. I think they did a set swap. Like he did a set in London for Macca's night back in 2011 or something.
0: Yeah.
1: And Maka came up to Newcastle. Um, and they all wanted to party really hard, like all the Newcastle lot. Standard. And I was, I just wanted to go to bed. <laughs> we, we we were back at five, like back from the club at five. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go see my missus tomorrow. I just want to go to bed. And Maka was exactly the same. So we stayed mm-hmm. in Hosta's flat and everyone left us and we just started chatting about music and ideas. And um, it was Maka who said, he's like, mate, with your sampling like, and your ideas, like uh, uh, my drums, like we could make some really good tunes. So I sent him one idea, a piano thing. And that, Became our first tune called "Always Yours," um, oh, and in yeah, fact, cool, I yeah. think, yeah, that was the name of the first EP, "Always Yours." Um, and every, I think, the first f- five tracks we even tried and started. They four of them were on the EP, two of which came out on vinyl, and the other one came out on Liquidity. Um, nice. So it was really cool. Like, I th- and then it got picked up by Lensman and and Marky. Like, Lensman sent sent us an email. He went out of his way to email us both and said, "Look, you two are on." Uh, are onto something it's obviously working you've improved each other um so keep making tunes and he he then like copied in total science and artificial intelligence and said like watch out for these guys and nice and stuff which is really cool
0: must be great to get that boost i think
1: yes i think that's a good thing about drum and bass community really is that yeah it can be quite it's normally very helpful
0: Mm. like people are helpful people are helpful i like the use of normally (laughs) normally yeah (laughs) um it's interesting you said that maca uh was on about how the, w- the way you sample because we've got a patron question about that and it comes yeah. from jack who you might know as echo motion um, oh yeah 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 good guy he is he says hi loz i'm a big fan i know you're a big <laughs> fan of sampling and many of your tunes contain samples but do you hear a record and immediately know what you're going to do with it or is it more of a process of that could work and then just getting weird with it in the daw
1: <laughs> uh good question i'd say in some instances i know exactly what i'm going to do with it i can yeah. hear it straight away and i'll I'll go through i might, I might find a soul tune and then i go oh that's a really nice intro and then i'll just keep listening through it and go oh that bit after the first chorus as well and then there's maybe an outro bit and i go i've got three 22 second potential hooks there like i might only need five seconds of one bit five. i go, i can make a 22 second loop out of this bit a 22 second loop out of that bit, um, and that's the case with Baby It's You. That's like a series of 22 second loops from a track. So I was every 22 20 about that, yeah, uh, it changes every 22 every 22 seconds. So even the baseline, it's mm. it's a new baseline. It, you could take each 22 second bit and multiply it and make one track if you wanted to. But it's wow. kind of like four. It's if you listen to it again, you'll it's like lots of bits. Um, but then there's tunes like Disco Kiss where. Um, it's a rare groove tune by Starview called Body Fusion, mm-hmm. and I wanted to sample. I heard the bit; it's the vocal in Disco Kiss where this guy's like, "I wanna kiss you," and the strings are going na 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 na. I was like, I really like that bit.
0: Mm.
1: I see, and that was like, see what I can do with it. And then I discovered the intro strings that I hadn't really considered, and then I actually made the tune out of the intro strings, and then the vocal bit that I was originally interested in became the hook that came in later. Um so yeah so to answer his question I do both, it's both. <laughs> it's, both. <laughs> it's both yeah
0: it's interesting you mentioned baby it's you because i think that was the first ever los contreras tune i actually heard myself because i got into D&B quite late so i was always curious what that sample was but I still uh, don't
1: it's know the mask. it's the masqueraders it's the masque it's by the masqueraders oh, i can't remember no. the track uh, but the the song um I don't think their version's the original. I think there are lots of versions of that track. Um, and the Masqueraders right. one is particularly good for sampling. Um, it was actually kind of co written with someone else who, um, I don't know if I should say. So there was, I wrote it with somebody else um, called Snake Hips. And you may have seen on, on liquidity I did remixes for this guy uh, called Snake Hips. Um I did a remix called for a track called the Years," which was probably the mm. first liquidity tune that everyone really liked of mine and uh, he was he used to be based in Leeds mm. but I never actually we never crossed paths, but we were on we had each other on Facebook, and he posted these hip hops. Ideas, ideas, and samples, and I started talking to him in like 2011 or 12, and I was like, "Mate, you actually sound like DJ Premier or Jay Diller Like, you're amazing. Um, I'd love to remix your stuff." He had no followers on SoundCloud, he had no likes on Facebook, nothing. So I did two remixes for him because he li- he liked drum and bass, he liked mutt, he liked lensman and that sort of thing. So yeah, uh, I said, "I'll drum and bass your tunes up, put them on your SoundCloud as free downloads, and you can get more followers." And that was the whole thing. So Liquicity directed people to his SoundCloud. Um, he then linked up with another guy um, and we'd started this Baby It's You idea. So that's where that sort of hip hop element in the middle comes from.
0: I thought so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and he's gone on to have a UK number three with all my friends are wasted. That's why Yeah, man. So like he's big. He's made tunes with Anderson Park and. Like, everyone. Zayn I was, Malik, I think, from uh, One Direction.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure I yeah. recognised the name Snake Hips. That's actually so yeah, You can actually say S- you were responsible for his success.
1: <laughs> no, definitely not. Okay. His talent was responsible for his success. But but I could say that I was one of the first people to find him. I could probably yeah. say that. And call yourself <laughs> um, a tastemaker. I, w- I would say probably I capitalised on his talents. That's, let's say that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he did a little bit of that tune... I think maybe he found the original sample and he was like, this would be cool. Like, mm. and he had, he called, he called the sample idea. I remember actually it was in my drop box. Check this bruv. That's what he it was like. Loz, check this bruv. <laughs> Um And then I've made the tune and I said, I want to do more like with the tune. And he mm. said, I actually can't work with you anymore because I've been signed and you got to take my name off anything that you do with me.
0: Right. Cause they must have had so. like, a really strict uh, contract as well. Yeah. Wow. So there's a little nugget it's of information. I would have never guessed that. Would have never guessed that. That's all we know. That's actually really <laughs> yeah. cool. Uh, but it's interesting because obviously he's got that whole hip-hop influence. And I think, I know you said he likes Lensman Martz as well, who a lot of people when... Like, I know I do, but if I have friends who like hip-hop and I want to introduce them to drum and bass, I would send them muck tunes, like Advanced Money, Lentenum yeah. tunes, and so on. Because it's like the classics. They, they've got that hip-hop knowledge. Have you found yeah. yourself Have you found yourself almost, not copying, but being influenced by hip-hop sampling techniques in your
1: journey? Oh, 100%. 100%. And to be yeah. fair, like, a lot of my ideas... Uh, I think if you listen to a lot of drum and bass artists, they're, it's almost like they want to not copy but recreate it because like i want i want to have that i want to have a drum based version of what dj premier did with gangstar on that tune i would like a drum based version of that for my sets um and that's usually the way that's a lot of the motivation and i know mr joseph like for sure i've never spoke with him but a lot of his samples i hear in like classic nas and az tracks um and more, the same, loads of them are just a recreation of of something that was done by Pete Rock or, or Jay Diller or DJ Premier. Yeah, and that's the same for me. I think like um, something special, which was on Minor Mac's first EP, that was um, it was a gangstar track. Da, na, 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 na. I can't remember what it was called, and I really liked that sample. And I thought, mm-hmm. how? What's the tune? So you just go on, like go on sample dot com. Find the sample oh, yeah, cool. and then make a new thing from it. Cause he didn't use any of the vocal samples in that tune, but I was like, oh, I like quite like the vocal hook and I'll use that. Um, but it's a good, it can be a good source of finding samples because these people, these producers dedicated their life to sample hunting yeah, and crate exactly. digging uh, and had access to records that I'm never going to be able to touch. Um, so, to not look and listen, you're just doing your own legs in, really.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's good to take that influence from other genres as well because they have sound palettes that we don't necessarily go for in DMB when making liquid and so on. And with Who Sampled as well, I find that you find some really, really obscure samples, um, not just in terms of like sound effects, like, for example, Alien Girl and The Simpsons boss, but even stuff like... Um, I don't know, like three seconds of this liquid track samples is like a reverse bit that's been pitched down from this other track. Like, there's people with some really good ears on who sampled.
1: Yeah, it's I'm one of the quite... sub- I'm one of the people who submit. I I put submissions on that. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Did you put your own as well? No, no. I'm really annoyed when they ah, get put okay. on. <laughs> nice. I was just gonna say, like, do you do you share that or? Uh, but here's no. okay, here's one then so. Since you're quite a big sampler, and obviously you and Maka did those bootlegs, you had the lovely bootleg last year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What what made you, how do I say it, like what made you bootleg those tunes instead of sample those tunes? Like, where where is the line for you?
1: Good question. So, the line for me is if it's a modern track, so if it's a 70s track, it's fair game. Um, hmm. if it's a soul tune then yeah it's fair game whereas if it's a, a, a current tune a tune from the last 15 years I'd say um, I might take an element of, a, of a, any tune and hmm. but not make the entire track around it but if it's a new track and I've not really changed much um, it was a difficult one you've mentioned Lovely there because Lovely we it, we changed it actually a lot it doesn't sound anything like that and the reason for that was the 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 speed of the track originally is about 130 beats a minute yeah. so to get it to 174 or 87 if you're going halfway like you need to slow it down an insane amount or speed it up and that's going to affect the sample rate so it's going to not sound very good so to achieve the beat matching what i did was i played it on serato as a as a vinyl and mm-hmm. instead of playing it on 45 i played it on 33 and slowed it right down, and literally just beat-matched it with an aim and break on a loop until I got it to 174. And then I recorded that, and then I needed to check what key that would be in, because it might be in between keys. yeah, yeah, So I found out it was very close to... I used the harmonic wheel. In fact, I've got it right in front of me here, harmonic wheel. Very nice, very nice. Uh, Extremely close to B minor, 10A. So all I had to do was then move it by a few cents, um, not as opposed to a semitone. Okay. And I was like hitting the hitting B and going right, yeah, cool. Now I've got it. And then we built the track around around that. Um, tried not to use too much. Well, to be honest, there isn't a lot you can use because it's got drums and stuff. So yeah. they took the bits that were good. Um, and then it was the decision do we just do it as a bootleg free download or do we try and get it on a label? Um, yeah. and I think Integral said it was a bit too bait with the sample and i thought well that's that's the right. sign then that we should just put it as a bootleg mm. um and then the other ones again it's just, they're just like oh, usually like old ideas i've got sitting on the computer the maverick saber um georgia smith singing oh it'd be nice oh, to have okay, a so bass version of that
0: very recent tunes because i guess those are yeah. sort of tunes that you can play in a club as well and yeah exactly you know yeah. you'll get You'll get a response from both the casual listeners as well as the really deeply ingrained ones. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. That puts me onto a nice topic, though. I think over the last maybe two or three years, I think since, like, I mean, the earliest example I can think of, even though it wasn't a bootleg, was um, when Benny L did Police and Helicopter. Mm. What's your thoughts on like the recent almost surge of bootlegs of all different kinds of modern tunes? uh, theme tunes to shows. Cause obviously there's been a massive growth in those. Some, yeah. obviously some in that kind of style, some in different kinds of styles.
1: I guess I, I get, I understand the motivation for doing it. Cause if you don't want to play, let's say Adam F circles, cause the intro is amazing, but the drop now is quite underwhelming because the tune itself is 23 years old. It came out in, it yeah. was made in 96 and came out in 97. Um, And now we're in 2021. Yeah. So it could sound quite underwhelming on a system. So the motivation there, I think, is it's like, I'd love to have this and just have a big switch. And I've seen DJs, even at Sun and Bass, like do bootlegs of drum and bass tracks, um, you know, like an LSB tune and a technomatic tune. And we've been behind the booth and seen, oh, they've actually not done that live. They've done it. Like it sounds like there's been a big switch but actually they've just made it and played it as a tune. Um, I don't like that because I can mix. I can do that live if I could. (laughs) Exactly. Um, so I've seen that with like big, like big switches. I'm not into that, but if you just want to make the tune for a set, then that's fine. Mm. Um, I think it's quite cool to have it exclusive so that you have to go and see that DJ to have it but then it gets a bit muddy like you know, Paul and Bryson and give it to a few DJs that are close to and then it gets out and then some people have it and some people have, don't have it and then the people who shouldn't have it play it. And yeah, then
0: people who've been doing their, their own legs in.
1: Yeah. Um, so I, it doesn't really, I don't have a strong opinion on it. I don't really mind mm. at all. I think there's some great tunes and if you want to sort of point back to them um that's right i mean to be fair i play the dlr remix of champion sound quite a bit the um q project champion sound dlr jungle refix i think that's brilliant because i wouldn't play the original but that one i would the
0: jungle i always forget which dlr remix is which jungle refix is the one that's a bit more slower right
1: yeah it just sounds quite close yeah it's
0: not the more techie one Nah. Right, I like your karaoke versions of tunes. <laughs> 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 oh,
1: dear. yeah, that's a that's a
0: banger. We've got we've got another patron question as well, and it's a good thing you mentioned um, champion sound as well because this is all about classic feels. But we've got a question here from Kipsy who says, "Hey there, I'm loving the Sunshine Dactari release on Liquid V. It's got that classic Liquid V feel. How did a release <clears> on V come about?" Do you write with a label in mind or does the tune just determine how you decide who to pass the track on to, to, release with?
1: So I'd say an EP, we might write an EP for a label based on the first tune. So the first tune is a tune that we're not thinking of anything. You just have an idea and you start writing the track, but then you think this would be great on Spearhead or this mm-hmm. would be great for Liquid V, but it, it it's not going to get signed unless there's another track to go with it. Um, mm. and Sun, Sunshine and Daktari was, was case in point. We'd been sitting on the Marquee Colab from about August 2018, and you're just like, what do we do with these tunes? Like, what does anyone do with these Marquee tunes? And yeah. we had the Sunshine track boxed off. Again, we, again, the Sunshine track was done probably a year before it came out, um, and it's just trying to find that home, and then Brian's there saying, you need to do another tune, we need to do another tune for it. And then I'll, I'll put it as a single, but I think we'd been working on other stuff, like maybe for Spearhead and and Focus. I can't quite remember. And and then I just went, why don't we just ask Marky if he's all right with it? So I rang Brian, and I, like I'm quite lucky that we're pretty close with Marky. But um, Brian signed Marky <laughs> right back in the day, so I called yeah, Brian course. up and said, I think this tune with uh, Marky is great, great B side. Uh, I'll send it to you can you call Marky and see if he's open to releasing it? Cause I can't remember the last time he released with you. And he was like, yeah. And then we literally an hour later, like, yeah, we're good to go. Like Marky just didn't care. He oh, was wow. like, yeah, brilliant. Just release it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Marky um, seems like that kind of guy who's just like, yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Like that
1: kind of yeah. Um, but yeah, to answer, to answer the question, it's a, it's a combination. So like, I mean, perfect example now is, Uh, Maka has sent me an example of an EP by some artists that we really like. He said, we should make something like this and we need to hit up Shogun again. So like, that's now in our mindset. We need to probably get something on Shogun because he's thinking that. And I I agree. We've been a while since we've been on Shogun, so we need to maybe write something that has that type of a sound that we've had before that they've released.
0: Okay. Um, I noticed you said that uh, usually you try and send a few tracks together or... release so for example with sunshine dactari you had those two tunes that you sent to liquid v and even with like eps and so on um i think it's fair to say that quite a lot of our think breaks listeners are liquid uh, producers we've got quite a lot of liquid producers people who might cite you as an inspiration so is that something you would recommend to the younger producers within our scene those people who are trying to find their feet and such like any top tips for them
1: what uh ooh, top tips write as many tracks as you can and don't release too soon don't just sa- don't release a track just so you can say I've been signed by a label it's not a great mm. thing necessarily uh try and wait for 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 a better label my rule was I released some stuff a little bit too early to be fair like my, if you go back to my earliest things on Juno download I just wish they weren't that but um If I've bought records from that label, Mm -hmm. I can release with them. If I've not bought records from that label, don't release with them. That's my. That's literally my only (laughs) rule.
0: Basically, a Uh, record, a label where you actually are a fan of them, rather than just like chasing yeah. the clout essentially
1: yeah and it feels great because when you get that where, where if it gets pressed on vinyl and they send it to you you're like oh god like i can put it in my record collection behind me along with the other focus records bits or yeah. the other spearhead bits that i've got um so it's it's a nice feeling doing it that way because you can sign to of thousands of labels isn't there mm. um so i would say try and stick to the ones that you're actually a fan of don't just have a release just to have a release um
0: that's fair yeah
1: and then uh, yeah i'm trying to think of other bits of advice really uh be really active on socials if you can i'm terrible um say so if you can be more active on social media that helps um i now only use facebook for drum and bass um all yeah. of my best friends my wife everyone no one's on social media anymore some of them are on instagram but uh none of them are on facebook so i've just joined all of all the facebook groups of drummer base now just to share tunes and i've actually just started adding random people and i message them uh and just communicate with people all the time um reply and try and remember them as well <laughs> That's yeah. oh yeah that's a for. fair point
0: who are you again <laughs> yeah i think the social media game can be a bit hard for people as well though because like You know, you have people who are a bit more introverted than others. They might find it tough to, I guess, not always be a walking billboard, for example, but to constantly talk to this person about, hey, like, you know, let's make some music together or do you want to check this out? And it's definitely a hard game to play, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, there's some pretty introverted people in the game like... Yeah, I mean, someone I know who's extremely introverted, and he's about to have an album out soon on a pretty good label. Um, but in person, extremely, extremely shy. Like we've been at festivals together. Yeah. Um, but as a producer, he's amazing, and the music just speaks for itself. And I and he does get involved in a lot of commenting mm. on on socials. I see that a lot, and he's quite opinionated on socials. And I just it doesn't ma- marry up to the person that I meet. At all, which is quite interesting.
0: Because I guess on social media, you can sort of take on a persona of what you want people to see, essentially, rather than Mm. just stay, like, being shy or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm curious to know, actually, because obviously, uh, since he couldn't be with us because he's ill, how did Link Up With Toby come about?
1: Um... Oh, right. So, like, for this show or the original, we collabed back in the day on a track. Yeah, the... the yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. As in, the original yeah. days.
1: Yes, yeah, so the original yeah, days. So, ha- it's really hard to remember how that first thing actually happened, but it was definitely... on I, The first bit would have been online. He lived in Newcastle. I, I used to speak to Hoster, so I think he already knew Hoster as well. Mm. So, I mentioned Hoster before. And... He had that tune, the, Under the Weather, like the famous Toby Colossus chitting Under the Weather, Amiquicity. The classic. Weather, the classic. Uh, I wonder if that's got a million views yet, because it was on its way, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> I, think, I think
0: last time I spoke to him, Was it like 700? It's. I think it's on 900, isn't it?
1: Is it up there? Yeah. because yeah, I, I've not looked for a while.
0: I know this year is 10 years of Under the Weather as well. So I think he's trying to go for that million and 10 years sort of thing. But yeah, that'll be mad uh, if he does
1: it. So yeah, it was online and then we used to speak and... I don't know if we shared ideas first, but he was moving to Leeds and I I certainly was one of the people encouraging that. I was like, yes, move to Leeds. Definitely move to Leeds. (laughs) It's brilliant. Newcastle's shit. (laughs) Um, uh, So yeah, he did. He came to Leeds. I was like, there's loads of nights here. You'll get sets. And uh, and I think just one day I said, I've got to... Trying to think at the co-lab, it was you and I. We did a bootleg, but did we do another one? We've definitely got some ideas on my computer, but yeah, we went to a studio, I think he lived on Headingley Mount in Leeds, like famous famous student area, and uh took some samples around and, and we we finished that track pretty much in an afternoon. Nice. Uh, so yeah, that's how it came about. And and he's just one of those guys that he's been around like I think we've had back to we've probably done three back to back sets that we've been booked on together. You know, we haven't asked to play back to back, but the promoters just put loz and toby back-to-back set um at jungle jam and things so always at the same nights mm. um yeah big always been part of the same crowd i guess
0: yeah exactly the lead's massive um Leeds massive yeah so obviously you've mentioned you took collab with toby and obviously you can you collab with maca a lot um what is it about collabs that you love or what do you look for in a good collab to work if you're if you're collabing with someone new
1: so someone's whose strengths are totally different to mine. So like, if someone says, I've, I've started an idea, I'd like you to work on it. And they've thought of me because it sounds like a Los Contreras tune. Um, Yeah. Like, like it's got a disco sample then or something like that. And they send me a, I kind of, I don't really like that as much because there's nothing there for me to do. You've done, you've done the Los part now. So what's my part?
0: So now they can just focus on doing their own part as themselves, as opposed to, as. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, it's when people have totally different strengths. So someone might do really good. So Mac is really good at drums and my drums are crap. So that's why now you don't see many Los Contreras solo tunes. I think the last one was probably 2015 on Liquicity. (laughs) That's what Um, I was thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. Which was Tunnel Vision, which was just when I sat down and made a tune in a night and I was like, I like it. Um, Mm. And I sent it to, I sent it to a few people and they were like, yeah, this is wicked. Like Mark, he gave really good feedback and, uh, but I don't have time to write a lot either. So, that was the last time I did that. But then, now because Mac is, Mac is a really good producer. Um, mm, yeah. if I made something by myself, it wouldn't sound as good. Um, so I don't dedicate, I'm not, dedicate i am not am and there's so many producers out there and they're so dedicated and they know so much stuff. And drum and bass isn't my, it's my passion and I know it more than anything. But in terms of the time that I give it, I don't have that much time to give. I've got a, f- I do a full-time career, um, you know. As a until COVID, I was a sales manager of a sales team in a tech company, and uh, then I DJ six hours on Friday, six hours on Saturday, yeah. uh, play football on Sunday. So where's your time for drum and bass and all that? You've only got like um, a couple of
0: hours a night with well, that.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it. So I speed right, mm-hmm. and that's why collaborations work for me because I can get some really good ideas down in a in a. You know, I could maybe get the basis of three tunes in in a night and then I can send those to someone um, and then build on it from there because I then don't have the time to see it through and finish them off. Um, But yeah, so I think my ideas playlist is just ridiculous on here. Um, I guess
0: especially like um, with making music and stuff. I guess the initial ideas part isn't as long as the part when you have to sit down and tweak that mix down, tweak that snare make sure the drums punch and I just put a life as busy as yours. It's not possible to do that and be consistent almost.
1: No, yeah, so we do it in different ways Mac and me and you can probably hit tell some some tracks that are more him and more and then some tracks that are more me Um, but I've been doing some sampling tutorials recently I did a breakdown of some of the tunes and like Sometimes, like Maka, might only do the drums, pretty much. and uh, but then all the production and all that time in there as mm. well. Um, but then other times, Maka might make an entire tune, and he's he's got this phrase he uses. He goes, "It needs some of Loz's magic dust." Nice. <laughs> so he might make a, He might make an entire thing, um, and all I do is add a vocal acapella. Like literally, and- that's the one thing I've done. But that is the thing that's then made it. Signable or releasable to Spearhead or Focus, whatever they go. That's Mm. the hook. That's the hook that the tune needs. Um, So yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, but that's why I do collaborations anyway. Uh, And I look look for someone that's got strengths that I don't have.
0: Right, and I guess those strengths are usually production based, not sample based.
1: Yeah, exactly. If you've got good drums Mm. and and maybe baseline sort of stuff or yeah cool effects maybe that i'd never heard of before that sort of thing um yeah yeah i'm terrible though terrible at finishing tunes terrible at finishing collabs as well (laughs) great at starting
0: yeah (laughs) i'm just the same as you the stems just sit there in a folder and they'll just not be looked at for months and months it's just the way it is really when you've got so many collabs on the go isn't it
1: yeah and something i've started doing now is um if I got a of, I've got a playlist on my computer right here. that just says ideas, ideas house, ideas DMB, ideas hip hop, and the ideas DMB nice. playlist has 650 tracks in it, um, and these are things to <laughs> sample maybe just for five seconds, three seconds, or a full loop. Uh, hmm. So what I do is I, I power through, do a session of like just sampling things and b- bouncing down the 22 second loops um i know people talk about 16 bars and eight bars whatever i talk about drum and bass in seconds because i i, That's I count fair. forward when i when i dj i count forward i don't count time backwards i count forward so I've, i just talk about it in seconds so i do 22 second loops um or 44 second loops that have all the different elements and changes almost like you if you downloaded a sample pack of, of some producer and it was and i create all these elements and then I just bounce them out and I don't save the projects. I just bounce the elements out and then add them to like another playlist I've got. Um, and then when I've got a bit of time to so like after this today, me and Mako got some things and I've got some projects. I'm like, right, I can just go through and just listen to these loops I've made. It's like making my own loop master sample pack. Um, Interesting. Yeah.
0: And that in itself would speed up your workflow, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. And that, But then yeah. you can run a load of it through mixing key. And then you can combine and, and change samples and pitch samples into different keys and go, this is really cool, but this is really cool. So a lot of the tunes now will have, I mean, Ghosts that was on Spearhead had, I think I sampled seven tracks. And the only MIDI on that was the bass line Yeah. and the, the drums. And- so like if you listen to Ghosts, every sound in that, every single sound is a sample from something.
0: That's quite a nice way of having almost your own identity because those sampling techniques are yours and yours only like only you know what those seven tracks are how to sample it like that as well yeah um it's interesting though because obviously you've been doing more collabs and not as much solo work would you ever step up to do solo remixes since you've technically already got the parts there so it's almost like doing a collab without really doing a collab
1: yeah potentially yeah i don't really get asked to do many remixes funnily enough but yeah i probably would I guess so. Yeah, yeah I never really get asked to do... It. To be honest, we get asked as a pair to do remixes. Um, because people so we are just more do used to... Yeah,
0: because people yeah. are more used to the Maca and Los Contreras. That's fair. Yeah, no, that's fair.
1: Yeah. And then this tune's like... Uh, which was it? Yeah, Shine. It's funny when you do a remix as a pair because it, you can. Mo- once we both made a tune, we both started a remix separately at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So Maca downloaded the stems and I downloaded the stems. And we both came back with something completely different. I was like, well, you've just remade the tune in exactly the same way and put a new break under it. And <laughs> I've actually made a track and just only used their vocals.
0: So, it's, uh, so, in the end, does it come together as you two merging your two projects into one?
1: In that case, we just had to fight it out and decide whose was better. Right? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then, other occasions, like sometimes. Because oh, I've started the remix, they'll so send it to me. I'm like, you basically finished it, mate, without him even touching it, and I'll just try and do a few little bits, just, just so the magic I can feel dust. included. <laughs> to just just so I can feel included.
0: Oh <laughs> um, no, I can um, see that problem coming through with remixes as well as a collab. Like at least with a normal collab, you can, um, you know, there's a lot of going back and forth. But remixes, I seen, you probably have a deadline. And yeah, also, yeah. Usually since you've got already. Yeah, and since you've already got an, a pretty much complete project, there's not a lot to go off because remixes can be done pretty quickly, I think.
1: Yeah, and something I do try and do is like, but uh, when it's a remix, I try to not, well, obviously I can't really just use samples on a remix. So apart from the ones yeah. I've been given, and if there's not that much there to work with other than a vocal, i just write it all on Simpson MIDI. MIDI. Um, I think it's like, an example of that maybe, I did a re- we did a remix of Molly Collins. Which okay. really, slit, really flew under the radar. Like it didn't get any promo at all or anything. Um, yeah, I don't think residual. I've even heard
0: that. I need to look that yeah. up. Um
1: totally different to the original tune, but that's just like me writing synth like chords on the virus, synth I've got and some bits on
0: um, I was gonna ask um, native instruments. Are, you, are you very much a hardware kind of guy then? Or do you prefer to stay within the box, so to speak?
1: Uh I tend to stay within the box, but I've got this synth here and it's just nice to have um, organic sounds. So I do like to use, I do play a bit of keyboard, I guess, talk myself and I just like Mm -hmm. to write chords sometimes. So again, other times I've sent, there was like a phase I had when I started sending macro ideas and I was like, oh, it just keeps changing it so much that I'm too attached to it. So Mm. (laughs) um, this was like 2015, maybe 2016. I just started writing loops and musical loops um again just basically making a sample pack saying this is a tune i've not put any structure on it but it has everything in it yeah do what you want with it do what you want with these samples (laughs) basically like make make do what you want with this track but it's got really nice chords it's got a nice little lead bit it's got an arpeggio it's it's got a bass line and and it, take it from there. That was it, something I experimented with like five years ago. Have a way of collabing.
0: <laughs> That's actually an interesting way of doing it because it's almost like giving someone the freedom, but it's within your own sounds anyway. So they can do what they yeah. want, but you're still involved. So yeah, yeah. Might have to try that actually. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it looks like we're coming to the end of the show. It's been an hour. It's almost been an hour now, which means time has flown by. Yeah. Um, i know Uh, i talk a lot so
1: apologies for my answers
0: going on no no that's all good i think i think the listeners want that they want to hear you speak it's all about you here not me um (laughs) but uh for the sake of anyone who might not know where to find your stuff uh not sure what your socials are would you like to give yourself a little plug where can listeners could find you
1: yeah just uh i was I was to say, just Google me, uh, Los Contreras. <laughs> so Woo! Los with an L- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Los with the L-O-Z, um, mm-hmm. and then Contreras, C-O-N-T-R-E-I-S. But um, Google should fix your spelling if you get it wrong. And uh, Los Contreras on Insta, Los underscore Contreras, Los Contreras on Facebook, uh, Los Contreras on Twitter, and Contreras Los Contreras Network. on Spotify.
0: Los Contreras on Spotify, of course, yeah. of course um and then is there any forthcoming work you'd like to tease about say you've got coming uh basically it's your it's your minute to do some promo forthcoming bits bits coming out yeah,
1: sh- sure so there's some bits coming out with um maca and critical event on focus cool. i think they're coming out in april um anyone who wants to check my show i do a show with my friend my- myris on monday nights it's seven till nine live show on at night 7.8 fm leads and we was ldc radio so you can get on ldc radio.co.uk and listen live but it's also on my soundcloud so i've got a playlist on my soundcloud of every show with 26 shows deep done interviews with rio and Telomic, um and some up-and-coming djs locally as well but if you go back in in those shows, probably in the last five, you'll hear all of the new bits we've been doing that I've been doing with Macca. Um There's an untitled one that I played two shows ago, or on Friday night, or something like that. Yeah, I played a new a new bit that we're hoping to get signed to V or Liquid V nice. as well. Um, that's untitled, but I think that's one of the best tunes we've made in a while. Um, so yeah, that's what I know is definitely coming out. Those ones on focus, uh, mm-hmm. and then I've just got that we've got a few projects that we just need to finish up
0: nice 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 and any shout outs you'd like to give to i know the Leeds massive and so on
1: shout out my wife amy
0: hey <laughs> out, uh
1: for, for going for a walk so i could do this podcast uh nice she feels out, like she's not she didn't like to sit down and feel like she's twiddling her thumbs waiting for me uh during lockdown so big up amy my wife um Shout out Myra! Shout out everyone in Leeds who's part of LDC Radio because it's um, it's really taking shape now. It's it's all the DJs are doing it for free, they're looking for sponsors. But I, I've heard in between my shows, the sponsors for like Costa Coffee and Kia Hybrids and stuff now, so they're actually pulling some sponsors. Nice. In. So we've got to big those guys up and making it a proper station. Um, big up everyone in Leeds who who has been supporting the nights Overflow, High Rise, Jungle Jam, um, any of the other nights over the last few years that have kept kept the scene alive big up Maka for still collaborating with me after all this time. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. uh, <laughs> uh, and I've just got to shout out some of the up and coming artists as well. I, I yeah, keep yeah. sending me tunes. Um, there's a guy called Motive in Manchester. Motive without an E at the end. Motive in Manchester, so making really good music. Uh, a guy called Surreal as well. Mm. Um, and Elixir without the E-R. E-L-I-X-R. Watch out for Elixir.
0: Oh yeah. He's yeah. down in the
1: South Coast. He's really, really good. Um I was gonna say one more just escaped to me then. Uh Artsy, who's had a tune on Goldfat recently. Um <laughs> Artsy who's down in Melbourne. Um Aiden, he's making some really, really good stuff. Um so big up those guys. And there's, there's a few of us have got to big up Fluidity as well, if you guys don't oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yet. Um yeah, we've got a tune. In fact, there's another one. I've got a tune coming out on Inner Ground with Fluidity. Um nice. it's called Back to You it's called back to you and it's going to be on the inner grounds 100th release. So they do it like we are like hundredth release compilation album. Amazing. Uh, so really looking forward to that as well. That's That's the summer vibe. Watch out for that. That's like sunshine in a tune right there.
0: Nice. (laughs) Gonna have to look that up when it's out. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, that is the end of the show. So Los, thanks for coming. It's been a pleasure. Um, if you so for the listeners, if you want to leave a review on this episode and tell me how well I did as the only host, you go to podchaser.com slash breaks podcast uh, for patrons. Um, by the time this goes out, one week after this goes out, you'll get to hear the afterthought, which will be me and Loz rambling about um, whatever Loz wants to ramble about. And um, yeah, apart from that, we'll see you next month. So look after yourself, stay safe and have fun. Peace. Thanks a lot. Bye.